This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined today in the studio with our amazing reporter. Coda Babcock. And our cool sports dude. Dixon Lawson. Thank you so much. Yeah, today we have a pretty full show. We're going to kick it off with Sports with Dixon. After that, we're going to hear from Melissa Terry about Shabbat 200. And then after that, we're going to hear a little bit of local news from Coda Babcock. And then we're going to have some campus news with Ren Wadsworth. We've got uh, our national holidays. We will be airing the um, piece about uh, powwow that we tried to air last week, but we'll be airing the final version of that today. Uh, we got our nationals. we got weather. We're going to have some roundtable discussions uh, about Childish Gambino's last show ever and how... Uh, it was a little bit controversial. It was a little controversial. Yeah. People weren't super happy. And uh, as well as... In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is coming Collins. to call Fort Collins. Yay. Yeah, thank you so much. I totally forgot what we were yeah, going to talk definitely. about. Yay. But before we kick yeah, it off, Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, before we kick it off, though, we wanted to ask a question to our listeners about just sharing some inspirational things that happened to them or some lighthearted things that happened to them. Basically anything that made you happy that happened in the last week. Yeah, we, we've got kind of, you know, there's there's some news that may not be heavy news super uplifting coming up today. It's it, There's some tougher topics. So we'd love for if people had, you know, some, some happy stories, some real fun, uplifting stories, just good things that happened to you. You know, maybe you, you got your dream job or your, your crush asked you out or I don't wow. know, some... <laughs> Those are, you know, I feel like those are really happy things. Your dog's super cute. Just like let us know because we, we, and we'll read it aloud just to keep the the vibe up here. So uh, text us into 970-491-5278. Tell us uh, the good vibes on your mind. Yeah, but first off, we're going to have Dixon's uh, tackle sports. So can I can I answer your guys' question first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the greatest thing to happen to me in this last week is CSU, all CSU sports, actually got the dub in the same week. What? So, yeah, what? Go CSU. Uh, but like, yeah, go like you were saying, go Rams. Last week was a successful week for all CSU sports. Uh, each team taking home a W. Like I said, starting off early, or uh, starting off with the newly ranked number 13 in the nation, CSU Volleyball. They were able to finish off the visiting Air Force Falcons on Thursday night in Moby Arena. Christy Hillier and Jessica Jackson both had outstanding nights for the Rams as well as each of them recorded 12 kills. Sasha Colombo also helped lead the way with 10 kills. So the offensive uh, juggernaut for CSU kept rolling. The Rams finished with a .297 hitting percentage as well as 43 digs on the night, so the defense was definitely there. Um, next up for the Lady Rams will be two road matches starting Thursday against Fresno State, and then come Saturday, they will be playing San Diego State on the road again. Football has been on a roll as of late. They returned to Canvas Stadium, taking on visiting UNLV this past weekend. I was unfortunately unable to be at the game, but we do have Ren, you were there. Heck yeah, yeah, I was. So, of course I was. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just kind of want to ask, how was the attitude in the stadium after the opening kickoff went 99 yards to the end zone? Um, so almost no one came to the game initially, which is really sad. Wait, but the opening kickoff really did that? Yeah, it was a 99-yard yeah. kickoff return by Anthony Hawkins. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah great so we got it. one immediate touchdown, like within the first like seconds of the game, yep. and then we had huh. another touchdown within four minutes. Which is crazy. It's so crazy. Um, and after those first two touchdowns, uh, the stadium was packed. 
It was so full, and everyone was so excited. I wish I was there now. It was, yeah, it was a really good game. It was really, like I said, I've said this before, um, I love our football team. I love all of our sports. However, it is just a different attitude in the stands when your your team is winning. It's and people like, are showing up. Yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah. was really fun. Um, I think one of the quarterbacks, I shouldn't say quarterback. I don't know any of the positions. <laughs> one of the players actually got on top of the um, stand, the director's stand. <laughs> for the nice. marching band and he started conducting us at the end which was so oh, cute oh wow it was just such a fun game yeah, that sounds like a great time yeah I'm, it was really uh, fun wish i'd been there well yeah i mean so like uh, ren said in the first quarter csu was able to put up 21 points without even mm -hmm. letting unlv find the board uh, csu held the game without a doubt for the remainder of the day finishing 37 17 patrick o'brien went 17 for 27 for 280 yards and two tds through the air as well as he picked up 14 yards on the ground so uh, his rushing attack definitely wasn't there but either way he had a really great day warren jackson led the air attack with six catches for 133 yards his longest of the day was 46 um, but yeah, next up for CSU football, they will have a short week off, uh, and then they'll be coming back here at the Canvas Stadium on November 16th to play uh, the Air Force Falcons uh, as they travel up here. So I'm definitely excited. I, I was really disappointed I got to miss the game, but uh, you know everything I watched, everything I heard, it was it was just a great game, and I was glad to see some people came out to support again. Yeah, it is really exciting. Yeah. I know we talked about it a little before, but this was a game you were expecting to. Win, yeah, right? I, you know, I, uh, UNLV, they're a good football team, but I, at the end of the day, the CSU Rams, they, they have the talent. You know, we're, we're known as wide receiver U because we, we have just been able to produce so many good receivers. And so when the offense is clicking and our quarterbacks are able to find their targets, there shouldn't be a team that can stop us. Um, most of the time, it's just CSU uh, kind of beating themselves up is why we lose games, whether that's turnovers, penalties, or what have you. Um, and I think with all the time off and how they've been playing recently, I haven't seen as many of those turnovers. And so coming home, I thought they'd want to put on a good show for, for all the you know CSU mm -hmm. students, and they definitely did. And I'm going to keep asking you this question because we're getting closer Hit and me. closer. How do you think this affects our standing for a bowl game? I mean, it definitely helps. Um, you know, the more that you can win games by, uh, the, the better you show yourself to the uh, collegiate, uh, the pickers who, who pick the bowl games. Um, so, you know, when you win 24, uh, 17, that's a one score game versus, you know, 37, 17, we really went out and showed that we were the better team. So as long as we're able to continue this throughout the rest of the season, like I said, we still have Boise state coming up at the end of the month. That's the biggest game by far. Um, but you know, there's still air force. There's a lot of really good teams ahead of us. Air force will be a really tough game because they played great all year. All right. Yeah, I mean, it would be tough. They uh, mm -hmm. they work hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Is Boise State the Thanksgiving Day game? Um, I believe it's right after. Uh, actually, just let me check that really quick. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, in, in the meantime, I want to hear what was the band performance like at halftime? Because that's always something that, uh, that gets people going. Um, so this was our military show. Um, so all of our songs were dedicated to the troops that were in the stands that night. So we started with American Band, and then we did all of the military songs. Uh, I don't want to call them theme songs, but every... Like different branch? Yeah, every branch awesome. has a song. So we played those, and then we did celebrate the, like, celebrate good times. Come on! Yeah, okay, so all right. it was uh, fun. It probably wasn't the most lighthearted show we did, but yeah. it, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Well, good. Um, so about the Thanksgiving Day game, uh, so actually CSU will be on the road at Wyoming the day before um, on the 22nd, and then Boise State is the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, it'll be November 29th at uh, 1.30. So right. be, sure to, be sure to get your tickets, and if you're a student, why not? Last game of the season, be sure to come out and support. Oh, yeah. 
for some of us, this is our last chance to get a, a student ticket at all. So I, I really should go. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> should. There, uh, you know, maybe this is the this is what we need to see before they make a nice little run. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dixon. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You, awesome. So we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back from the break, we're actually going to be joined by Melissa Terry from Chabad telling us about Shabbat 200. And uh, we're really excited to have her on the show. So uh, if you want to hear about that, stick around. Uh, we're going to take that quick break, but then we will be right back. And we are back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we just heard from our wonderful sports director, Dixon Lawson, about everything sports, honestly. At CSU, we are doing good, which is great to hear. Um, we have a lot of more good content coming up. Uh, we're going to have Ren uh, made a special piece on powwow. Um, and the 37th year, you said? The 36th. The 36th year of powwow, so that's coming up. But first, we are joined in the studio by the lovely Melissa Terry. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Um, so, Melissa, I, we mentioned this on the show earlier, but would you mind telling us uh, why you're here today? Yeah, so I am the president of Chabad, one of a few Jewish organizations on campus. And this Friday, we are hosting Shabbat 200. Woo-woo! Yeah. Um, it is the largest and annual largest Shabbat dinner, a Friday night dinner. Uh, in northern Colorado and it's actually a whole thing event whatever you call it uh, across the nation where campuses groups Jewish groups of all kind try and get together for one Shabbat a year and so I'm just here to let people know that it exists and uh, see if they want to come out so for those who may not be familiar with what Shabbat is, uh, what is Shabbat? Yeah, so Shabbat is the Hebrew word for the Sabbath. So the Jewish Sabbath is from Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown. And, you know, it's the day of rest. And traditionally in the Jewish faith, we like to all come together and, you know, celebrate family, friends, community. And so we traditionally have a Friday night dinner, you know. So well, since it is a Jewish celebration, is it only for Jewish students? That's a great question. And no, it is open to everyone, whether you have a Jewish friend, you don't have a Jewish friend, and you just want to see what it's about. I know a lot of people in Northern Colorado who have never met a Jew in their life. And so if you're just curious, uh, yeah, you are, everyone is welcome to come check it out. And so uh, what happens at Shabbat? I mean, is it just uh, a big meal? Is there a religious aspect? Pretty much it is just a big meal. And, you know, it's it's a celebration of the end of the week. School is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> work is hard. You know, let's come together and just enjoy eating. I mean, who doesn't enjoy eating? Yeah. Um, there are, you know, a few traditional, I call them spiritual aspects thrown in. Um, you know, we, we say a few quick blessings. Um, there are some traditional bread. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of challah, but it is the most delicious bread you will ever eat in your life. And um, yeah, we do actually have a speaker this year, Simcha Weinstein. He is a renowned author and he has written and interviewed 
everyone and their mother who has written about superheroes, comic books, um, all the big guys. I'm sure as many of you guys know uh, in X-Men, um, what's his name? Magneto. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. his whole Holocaust background. And a lot of the creators of these superheroes were Jewish and like drew from that experiences, you know, whether it's family and the Holocaust. So um, our speaker, Simcha Weinstein, is here to talk about his experiences interviewing all those people and just kind of, um, how should I say it? The strength that you get, you know, from that spiritual core and overcoming things like superheroes do. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. actually interesting you bring that up because I've always thought it was so interesting that X-Men, the whole comic is actually an allegory for the Holocaust, which mm -hmm. is so incredible that, and so few people know that actually. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I know that's pretty relevant. Um, so uh, I was raised Jewish, so I'm going to ask you a couple, uh, yeah, a couple of questions. So first of all, will there, will there be wine? I know that's a traditional <laughs> part of Shabbat. Oh, I don't think there will be wine at Shabbat 200, but just wait around till spring for Passover. Gotcha. Yeah, good stuff. But um, what other kind of food will? be there though oh that's a great question so it is a four course meal we start off with all kinds of salads and i should add it is vegetarian vegan gluten-free friendly i myself am gluten-free gluten-free and uh those gluten-free matzo balls are the bomb right on. and uh yeah so we start off with salads next course is soup um vegetarian um with the matzo balls can't forget the matzo balls we then move on to a main course which i believe is rabbi and his wife cook up this delicious chicken oh um there are veggie side dishes um all kinds of things and then of course dessert you cannot have dessert and uh is it being catered or is it um it's partly being catered by kosher companies from denver they come up here and then rabbi and his wife actually do a lot of the cooking awesome yeah how many people usually come ah well last year i think we hit our record it was 250 closer to 300 wow so the rabbi and his wife cook for 250 they people? cook oh my gosh i can't even tell you when they start cooking it's absurd um but they they do this on a weekly basis i mean not for 200 people but they're usually cooking starting thursday night for around 50 people every week so they're pretty used to pretty used to the massive home-cooked <laughs> meal if you will so uh, this i mean this is uh here's a question that normally you hear at passover but i'm, I'm gonna ask it about this shabbat 200 what makes this night different from any other night ah oh that is a great question and it's straight from passover so i would say this is the night that you know jewish students or just people interested whether you come to Shabbat every week or a lot of people who never come to Shabbat, you know, like you were just telling me, you know, I'm a bad Jew. There's no such thing as a bad Jew. And, you know, whether your mom or dad is Jewish and you've never come to anything before, this is the night that those people come out of the woodwork, you know, um, let me check it out. Let me see what this is about. So we really get people who are excited and have that energy to come experience something new. And there's just, there's a certain energy in the air of, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like that, you know, just that home, very heartwarming feel that a lot of times you lose in the midst of school. It's let's all come together and and have a good time. I know, I'm sure plenty of students maybe, you know, celebrated Shabbat when they were living at home and then mm -hmm. come to school and can't, don't have the community to celebrate it with anymore. And uh, it's, it's cool that, you know, that Chabad hosts Shabbat, you know, weekly. 
Uh, I'm I'm curious what the biggest difference between this Shabbat 200 event and just a typical Shabbat is. Besides For, the, just the amount of people. Just the amount of people. Um, definitely the speaker. Um, that is not something we have every week. And yeah, I, I just would emphasize the energy, you know, like, okay, your week to week Shabbat is, you know, it's the end of the week, but this is, this is a celebration of life, you know, of, of Judaism and, and people coming together, you know, Jews, non-Jews alike, and just experiencing this mass cultural event and just, yeah, that, that energy of let's, let's all get together and celebrate, celebrate life. So you, and you said this is the biggest the biggest Shabbat uh, event in Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, is it how long did that take to happen? Is that just some recent, or has it been that way for a while? Um, it's been that way for the last couple of years. I I know Rabbi has been doing this for I want to say this is the 14th year we've been doing this. So I can't promise. You know, 14 years ago I was back in high school in New Jersey, so I can't speak to back then. But definitely within the last five years or so, it's it's been a pretty massive event. That's awesome. Awesome. And so what kind of message do you hope to give with events like this for both Jewish and non-Jewish students? I guess I would say, especially in the face of all these anti-Semitic events that, you know, we, the Jewish population, the Jewish students of CSU, of, of Northern Colorado, are here to live our lives, to celebrate life, to come together and have a good time and spread that light into the world. In the face of darkness, let us share the light. So um, for, uh, say, a non-Jewish student who's never been to something like this and uh, might be intrigued by all the food options (laughs) they're hearing about, um, but are still on the fence, what would you say to real them in? I would say... Bring a friend so you're not intimidated. <laughs> um, and just sit back and enjoy. You know, so often we feel this, no, I, I can't take a break and let myself enjoy something. But take it in. Eat whatever you want. <laughs> try everything. It's all delicious. You know, meet new people. Make new friends. That's what we're all about. That what That's what Chabad is all about. Having friends and family away from home. Awesome. Um, I'm, I want to switch topics just a little bit to Chabad. Yeah. Um, so you you are the president of Chabad, you mm-hmm. said. Uh, can you tell people a little bit about what Chabad is as an organization? Yeah. So Chabad was originally founded as a way, primarily in areas like Fort Collins in northern Colorado, where there's traditionally not large Jewish populations for Jews living in that area to feel like they have a Jewish community. And there are Chabads in Thailand and in India and I want to say somebody just came back from Mongolia, some some, you know, place you never think there was a Jewish population and pretty much no matter where you go in the world, there are Chabads set up so that if you are Jewish, you have a Jewish community, you have a place to go for holidays, you have a place to go for Shabbat dinners, stuff like that. It must have taken a while, you a while to become the president. How long have you been doing this for? Uh, so I just started uh, my presidency this year. I was on the board last year to kind of get a feel for it, become more involved. And it's funny, actually, when I moved to Colorado five years ago, I was not at CSU yet. I'm a third year vet student now, but I moved here five years ago to kind of get residency. Vet school is super competitive to get into. So I thought if I live in Colorado, anyway, and I knew nobody, I'm 
like I said, I'm from New Jersey. And Rabbi and his wife were the first people I called. You know, I Googled Jewish community <laughs> northern Colorado because I thought, I don't know anybody here. You know, I'll find, find some Jews. They'll take me in. And, uh, yeah, I still have some of my best friends. And, I mean, they've taken me in and have become my family here. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to – we're going to wrap it up. But I, I would love to know uh, for, you know, anyone – who uh, may, Jewish or non-Jewish may be interested in getting involved with the pod, may be interested in getting involved with Shabbat 200, just a quick, uh, you know, pitch for them. Yeah. So first, if you are interested specifically in Shabbat 200, jewishcsu.com slash Shabbat 200. And otherwise, you can check us out on Facebook. Instagram has the link to the Facebook, Chabad, C-H-A-B-A-D at CSU. And if you're looking for your home away from home, if you're looking for a community that feels like family, something more than just your sea of students, you need, you know, your bucket filled, your heart warmed, come check us out. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add about Shabbat 2000, 200? 200. Or Havad? I can't emphasize this enough. The food is delicious. <laughs> We've been talking about food this whole show. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you guys you so for much. having me. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to Ren's uh, powwow piece. Would you like to introduce this little Ren before we play it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Native American Cultural Center hosts their uh, annual powwow every year in October, which is Native American Heritage Month. I had the privilege of going last year and I made a special request to go again this year because it is an amazing experience. Um, So this is the 36th annual powwow. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll be playing that right now. The 37th annual Native American powwow put on by the Native American Cultural Center was hosted by Colorado State University in celebration of Native American Heritage Month. The event featured Native American jewelry, regalia, music, and dancing. The powwow encourages students and locals to gather and celebrate Native American culture. Alexandria Hopkins, Vice President of American Indian Science and Engineering Society, or ACES, says that the event is not just for Native Americans, but is an inclusive environment for students who are interested in Native American heritage to learn and understand the culture better. So like, it's a way to show, you know, that we're like still here and that we're still celebrating our culture and that they have like an opportunity to come and like observe, um, know more of like what, you know, why people are doing like what they're doing. That your friends who are, may not be, you know, be, maybe non-natives, that they can come and like see you and like see you in the, like a different light and a different element, and like see more of your personality and more of like what makes you you. Spiritual advisor Doug Goodfeather explains that a powwow is an opportunity for learning. But this is just a social dance where everybody's just coming to gather today. This style of dance, it's a gathering to come and have a good time bring awareness to our communities, to our colleges, educate people, and just to help people understand where we come from. We have a lot of reasons and things that people are uh, misconceptions of it and stereotypes of it. That is a good place to come and learn as well. A powwow is not only a celebration of culture, but also of life. 
And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in studio by our amazing reporter. Coda Babcock. And we were just able to hear from Melissa Terry with Chabad about Shabbat 200. Coming up next, we're going to listen to some local news by Coda and then have a, a roundtable about In-N-Out coming to Fort Collins. Yes, we are. And we also just heard about uh, the 36th anniversary of Pow Wow. And that was actually our very own Ren Wadsworth. So thank you so much, Ren. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we are still taking in text and requests. So uh, as as we said earlier in the show, the news today has some uh, some less uplifting stuff in it. There's kind of some bad news today. So we would love if people had uplifting stories, positive experiences, just anything you know good that happened to you in the last couple of days, and yeah, you want to send it to us, we'll just read it aloud to you know keep the vibe up. So uh, if anything comes through your mind, text it in at 970-491-5278. That's text your good vibes to 970-491-5278. Really, you can do that every day, but especially right now. <laughs> um, but Coda's going to kick it off with some local news right now. Yeah, hit it, Coda. All right, so again, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is your local news for Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. A child was seriously injured in a collision this morning outside of Lopez Elementary School. Fort Collins Police Services crash team responded after the child was hit by an SUV crossover between the hours of 8 and 9 a.m. at the Bent Haven and Wabash Street intersection. The child is a student of the elementary school and was transported to a hospital with serious injuries. The age and name of the child have not been released, and there have, been, and there have not been updates on the child's condition from the Poudre School District spokesperson. A new Veterans Affairs, or VA, clinic will be opening in Loveland in 2022. Plans were announced recently by the Veterans Affairs Office, and it will double the space of both Loveland and Fort Collins offices combined. The new clinic will employ around 200 people and will be able to serve over 200 veterans each day. A specific date for opening has not yet been announced, but construction is expected to begin in summer of 2020. Once constructed, the new Loveland VA clinic is expected to replace the smaller ones already in Loveland and Fort Collins. Today is election day. Polls close at 7 p.m. tonight. If you plan on voting and haven't already, you can find your nearest ballot drop box or polling place location on GoVoteColorado.com. Online election results are going to be available through the Colorado Secretary of State's website's homepage once polls close for today's election. Election night reporting software will be on the homepage as well as unaggregated county level results. The ANR software or election night reporting software provides a breakdown of vote totals and includes maps for site visitors. The unaggregated county level results page shows PDF report links for each county. The Secretary of State website for Colorado will be updating as new data becomes available and the final update will be posted at midnight tonight. Fort Collins Utilities is currently in the planning stage for next year's water supply and projected use. While use might be more consistent, some years water shortages can sometimes be unexpected and restrictions are often put in place for years when these droughts do occur. Response plans are often what helps navigate what restrictions are necessary for droughts. In order to properly create a response plan, citizens and business, citizen and business input is needed. To give feedback on your concerns about water shortages, restrictions, and sustainability planning, visit fcgov.com wsfeedback. Thank you for listening to today's local news on the Rocky Mountain Revere review here on KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you so much, Coda. All right, we are going to take just a very quick break, but we are going to come back with a roundtable discussion about In-N-Out Burger possibly coming to Fort Collins. We'll have to wait and find out after this. 
And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth, and we are joined in studio by our reporter. Coda Babcock. And we just heard Coda actually give us some local news. And before that, we heard about the 36th annual powwow. As well as from Melissa Terry about Shabbat 200. Uh, moving forward, we're going to start a roundtable discussion. But uh, if you have anything happy, uplifting, good vibey you want to send to us just, you know, to bring some extra positivity in today's show, text us in at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. Send us some good vibes. All right. But uh, it's time to do a roundtable, and uh, this is a pretty exciting topic, I think, because... Uh, so, a little while ago, In-N-Out Burger said they were looking at coming to Colorado. And that in itself was pretty exciting, and it, it looks like that's going to happen. But now, uh, it appears that if they're coming anywhere in Colorado, they're coming to Fort Collins first. Um, they've already started their research into it, and um, it looks like we're their number one right now for uh, uh, Colorado opening. And uh, I am don't remember the exact spot, but it, it, I think it would be somewhere like on college. It would yeah, be somewhere, that's yeah, what I read. Somewhere very, uh, very accessible, and well, I'd love that. I'm confused because this, they said this was happening two years ago, but that it was happening in Colorado Springs. And then they said it was going to be in Denver. And, like, I guess that makes sense that, like, they just haven't decided where they want to put it, but this is, like, a four-year dilemma <laughs> we're gonna put this in and out somewhere in colorado we just don't know where well it's it's a long process and yeah it's funny because like a year ago they actually claimed they weren't coming to colorado at all anymore and now they're now they're saying we're coming to Colorado. if we're coming to colorado it's fort collins and it's still if so right they're not guaranteed to be coming to colorado they wanted to i know they wanted to focus on doing california oregon uh nevada and I think those were the those were the main places as of as of their original expansion because they used to just be California. And uh, for those listeners, I realize there may be some listeners who may not know what In and Out Burger is. And um, as uh, I was uh, about five years ago before I tried it, uh, In and Out Burger is a California local burger chain that um, is is widely known by its fans as the greatest burgers of all time and that's you know hotly contested we we uh, code and i were having some debate about that earlier um but in an in an upper does this first of all they they just have this very kind of tight uniform burger recipe and they only really have one kind of burger which is quite interesting because uh it's very much you know you get a burger and fries you get a burger and a shake there aren't a lot of options right and so normally that would like i feel like push people away but the traditional In-N-Out burger is very, very good. And they also have, you know, animal style where it's kind of like with Thousand Island dressing and grilled onions. And oh, it's, it, it's, it's hard to describe in a way that makes it sound as good as it actually is. But it is a next level burger. I have not been impressed. Um, I'm by impressed by Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Well, I, uh, so my family about, uh, Three quarters of my family live in Utah, um, and there's a lot of in and outs in Utah too. Um, but every time I've gone, I've kind of been, I've like hyped it up, and I'm like, okay, this time it'll be good. And it just was, it never <laughs> lived up to like the hype. And I'm sure it's different if you grew up on it. And it's kind of that, my theory behind it actually is that a lot of people who like it ate it when they were younger and they were like, it's like a nostalgia thing. It's kind of yeah, like, like meat in general, thing. actually. Yeah. Ooh, 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 um, sorry, wait, 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 no, wait. No, like, 
Yeah, I grew no, up vegetarian. I was raised vegetarian. So when I started eating, well, I was mostly raised vegetarian. I had like chicken nuggets or something every once in a while. I didn't eat a burger until I was 13. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't like burgers because of it. Well, that's uh, and that's that's really interesting. Yeah, maybe meat isn't acquired. Well, it, it's also a nutritional thing too, right? Part of your taste reception. Yes, from what nutrition you're used to. And what nutrition you need, and um, you know, it's a lot like you know, if you, you eat too much sugar, sugar stops tasting good. You know, if you never eat meat and your body's not interested in you know processing meat, then you're not gonna <laughs> yeah f- find it tasty, I guess. I. I should back up and say I think their burgers are good. However, I don't think they deserve the hype. The 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 term of best burger shop. I'm gonna say they absolutely ever. do. Um, I think that's a very <laughs> high. Um, good times has gotten that for me. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm gonna go further and say like no fast food restaurant deserves that title just because fast food burgers are in and of themselves not the ultimate burgers. Not the best burgers like that's just eh. how it works they're cheap they're quick good times made. is not they're... cheap so okay let's talk <laughs> let's just talk fast food in. burgers let's just talk fast food burgers so first of all uh in and out burger i believe also doesn't do frozen beef similar to wendy's um but don't not... compare it to wendy's if you're trying to sell it i like wendy's i'm a big <laughs> wendy's fan but you know that's neither here nor there uh if we're talking about just fast food burgers though in and out burger first of all you're gonna price you know burger and fries like five bucks it's really affordable um, and second of all, and this is just me, as someone who does think it's like kind of the pinnacle of fast food burgers, um, no other fast food place in their basic burger, first of all, they're going to have a, all going to have a billion burgers and they're all going to be different kinds of okay, but no other fast food place just has a basic burger that has all the trimmings on it, reasonable price. And it's, it's just quality, you know? Like like the McDonald's cheeseburger, right? You order McDonald's cheeseburger, it's, you know, $1.29. I like that you know the exact. <laughs> yeah, Actually, right? Actually, a, a McDonald's cheeseburger is a dollar exactly. It's on its dollar it depends. Menu. It depends where you go. Some of the places, they'll be weird about it. The one on College and Elizabeth, or not College and Elizabeth. Don't call them out like that on my On <laughs> City Park. If you're listening, I'm I'm. I'm on to you. I'm, I'm, my 30 <laughs> I'm on to you. No, they always upcharge cheese. me for cheeseburgers. Um, but think about it. So that, that cheeseburger, that's a single patty on a bun. You get a little bit of shredded lettuce. You get a little bit of pickles. Uh, you get some ketchup that's already on there. And like a couple, like teeny pieces of things, some of them might have been an onion once, right? But like, <laughs> that's how anything with an onion is. They're tiny pieces that might have been not an onion. on In and Out Burger. That's what I'm. That's part oh, of the beauty of like In and Out Burger. Oh, wait, you like the whole circle. Yeah, of it'll onions. give you the. It'll give you multiple pieces of the whole circle. Nice that's red too onion. Much onion for me. Whole tomato on there. Right, a whole lettuce leaf. A not shredded lettuce. I'm. For... I'm just. I'm just trying to make the comparison here. So what I'm saying. What I'm saying about In and Out Burger. Basically, what I'm getting at is they. They give you not just you know kind of like and half a burger like an excuse for a burger like a cheap burger they're giving you a full burger that you know a, a mouth-watering you know blood pumping american cheeseburger so i feel very strongly about I've this eaten at both of these places i definitely and like this isn't a comparison that's often made but i think it's a very similar comparison i think Five Guys is very similar oh, in the way good. they make their burgers. However, I like them better. Um, Interesting. Burgers, that's, a, that's a good comparison. For burgers, it comes down to me. It's either cheap or it's well-made, and there's no in-between, which is fine. But In-N-Out is a beautiful in-between. Um, uh, Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good Times is really expensive, but they have veggie burgers that aren't Burger Kings. That's so good. good Times is also kosher, which I always thought was so cool. The, yeah, I didn't know that until you told me. So yeah. and they're uh, Colorado cool. based. That's very cool. Yes, they're Colorado based, which means that every time I so I grew up here, but my family doesn't live here anymore. So every time that I go back home, I'm thinking about it all the time. Same <laughs> with Smash Burger. They don't have Smash oh, Burgers I really out there. Do like Smash I, Burger too. That's so funny. I uh, Smash Burger to me is like In and Out Burger, but not quite as good. Hmm. I really like I think Smash Burger. It's definitely Burger. very healthy. Or wait, did I say In and Out Burger? I meant Five Guys. Oh, okay. We're talking a lot of burger places right we now. We are, but um, I like Smash a little bit more than I like. Um, what that I liked Five Guys when I still like meat, but I, I have uh, a friend who still works at Five Guys. I've had multiple friends who used to work at Five Guys, and uh, their the the process they use to make their burgers is actually really really cool. Um, and they keep everything very fresh and they get it all very locally. I would argue though it's not a fast food burger. What I don't is? think it's a fast. Same with Smash five, Burger. I don't think either of them count as fast food. I think they're both too expensive. I think that they're convenient foods. So like you go and you grab it, you're out. But, but it's it's unless it's you know well, like everything's in an assembly it's like line. It's like a takeout kind of thing. That's go. the definition of fast food. Yeah, though. but but fast most fast food places. You don't have to places. sit down and wait. So. Oh, but you totally do. It, you do. Five guys. You do. You, you kind of have to do. wait for them to make it. I but, mean that's. That's the same. But drive-through is like the most common view of fast food. It doesn't matter. I think it's like an interesting definition. I think what makes something fast food or not? Because then, like, (laughs) here's here's a question. A lot of people have different opinions on this, and we should probably move on from this topic conversation. (laughs) But this is a a question I do think is pretty interesting. Uh, Is Chipotle fast food? Uh, Yes. 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 I would. I think so because you don't have to wait for them to make it. You tell them what you want, you get it right away. I'd agree. Um, Oh, okay. Someone just texted in, Big Al's. Um, I've never, I've never been, been to Big Al's. Wait, is it like a local place, or is it like a fast food? I think it's place? a steakhouse. I'm pretty, oh, I do. Pretty sure it's a local place. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. Thanks for texting uh, during Field the trip. during the break. We'll look into that and see what we what we think about Big Al's. Um, I like that it says nothing else but just Big Al's. Yeah, <laughs> with a question mark. Um, I don't know, but to bring it all back. I have no it's problem. local, they say. I have no problem right with um, In-N-Out. I really don't. Like, I think they're fine. I think their burgers are good. Their fries are bad. Um, and that's my basic opinion on them. If they come to Fort Collins, I will eat there. I'm not going to, like, protest them by any means. However, I think they are overhyped. Right but I think streets. that is true of almost any, like, lo- local-ish, like, my state has this and other states kind of don't like dutch bros i think it's very similar in yeah. colorado like a lot of people are like this is the best you're, you're coming shop. very close to talking smack about illegal pizza which i will not tolerate <laughs> oh, illegal like, pizza is really good I like illegal, illegal pizza is awesome no, and i'm not saying they're bad by any means i just think like i just yeah people in states have are very prideful of what um restaurants they have that other states don't like colorado has panera bread and utah doesn't and i always smack utah, utah. doesn't have panera bread yeah, washington has of, panera bread yeah, chicago kind of a, has panera it's bread it's a weird thing that like i like that we were saying states and then you're like chicago chicago <laughs> i'm sorry chicago. to any people from illinois who don't live in chicago all five of you i'm so sorry i, I refer to illinois as chicago when pointing at the state on a map so <laughs> okay we're gonna actually annoy some illinois people because it's actually the suburbs are beautiful every i love illinois right. uh yeah my we're mom's gonna from have, naperville right, <laughs> don't be mad we're gonna have to wrap this up uh 
So, but if you guys have any opinions on In-N-Out coming to Fort Collins, or if you think that there's another burger place that surpasses In-N-Out in Fort Collins, let us know at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. And we're going to look into Big Al's after um, they, our break. Our text in person say it's from Old Town, so we'll have to, it sounds local, sounds pretty cool. Uh I'll definitely definitely check it out. Um, we're gonna come back in a second with uh, campus news with Ren, and then our other roundtable about Childish Gambino, uh, or the artist formerly known as Childish Gambino, <laughs> as it may be now. But uh, we're gonna do that. If you want to text in your good vibes to nine seven zero four nine one five two seven eight, send us something happy that happened to you. Send us something that's making you feel good. Uh, you know, whatever whatever it is that's brightening your day. Uh, you know, share it with us. We'd love some day brightening. Or um, tell us your favorite burger joint. Tell us your favorite burger joint. Yeah. It's just, you know, how's life going? Anyway, we'll be right back after the break. Let us know. That's 970-491-5278. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth, and we're joined in studio by our amazing reporter. Coda Babcock. And we just were talking about in and out possibly coming to Fort Collins. Oh, I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do, too. I'll, I'll be, be fine there. with it. Yeah, I'm fine I with it. I think we'll all be okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, tell us your opinions on what you think about in and out possibly coming to Fort Collins and how you think it ranks to other burger joints or fast food that you've eaten at. Uh, you can go ahead and text us at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. And also, we want to hear about your uplifting days and positive stories, yeah, good positive vibes. Stories. Send them our way, 970-491-KCSU. But uh, we're going to bring it back down to earth here, and uh, we're going to have some campus news from Ren. So take it away, Ren Wadsworth. Yeah, definitely. So Cabaret the Musical is opening uh, this week at the UCA, which is the University Center of the Arts. The play opens on November 8th and will run till November 17th. Cabaret is a dance-driven musical set in 1931 Berlin under the shadow of the Nazi rise to power. With this setting, it broke new ground tackling subject matters such as anti-Semitism and hedonism, which was unprecedented in Broadway musicals, writes Jennifer Clary. The show's director and choreographer, theater professor Noah Racy, is a firm believer in theater's role of asking hard questions, but not answering them. With Cabaret, we are continuing CSU's tradition of rich, idea-based, and substantial scripts. Not just fun production, but scripts that ask hard questions, like, at what risk comes self-preservation? Racy explains that from his perspective, the proclivity of for not considering contrasting opinions and ideas isn't improving society. People aren't listening and aren't talking to each other. Cabaret asks if we if we lose the ability to communicate with one another and to think in multifaceted ways, what will die? The way the musical prompts discussion is precisely why Racy selected the show. In beautiful kinder and ebb fashion, the show is ruthless in its refusal to coddle and give answers. He says, life is messy and the music exemplifies the beauty of that mess so perfectly. The two weekend run takes place on November 8th, 9th, 14th, 15th and 16th at 7.30 p.m. with 2 p.m. Mat matinees on November 10th and 17th. All performances will take place in the University Theater at the University Center of the Arts, located on 1400 Remington Street. Tickets are available at the University Center for the Arts ticket office in the UCA lobby Monday through Friday, uh, 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. and 60 minutes prior to performances. You can also get tickets by phoning at 970-491-ARTS 
970-491-2787. Once again, that number is 970-491-2787 or online at www.csuartstickets.com. Once again, that address is www.csuartstickets.com. On November 17th in the Lori Student Center Ballroom, at Eva Sklosh, stepsister and childhood friend to Anne Frank, will be coming to Colorado State University to describe her experiences in the Holocaust and under Nazi rule. The event is a part of CSU's Holocaust Awareness Week, and CSU philosophy instructor and faculty advisor to students for Holocaust Awareness Week, Rabbi Gorlick, said about her arrival, We are incredibly fortunate to have Ms. Sklosh speaking on our campus this year. Traditionally, we hold the Awareness Week in February, but when we were able to get Ms. Schlosh's touring schedule, we rescheduled everything. Schlosh is the author of three books and the subject of the play, and then they came for me. She's now 90 years old and living in London, where she has dedicated herself to Holocaust education and global peace. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. and tickets are available at csutix.com. Once again, that address is csutix.com. A ticket does not guarantee a seat. Flu season is coming to Colorado. The flu can spread quickly on a college campus. Students and employees who get sick can miss several days of campus and work. The best way to prevent, shorten, or reduce the severity of the flu is to get a flu shot every year. Flu shots have been shown to reduce the risk of flu illnesses, hospitalizations, and the risk of flu-related death in children, the elderly, and those with compromised immune systems. Experts from the Centers of Dirt Experts from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend getting your flu vaccine now so that you are protected when flu activity increases. Flu shots are still available and it is not too late to protect yourself and others by getting a flu shot. In general, the flu is worse than the common cold and symptoms such as fever, chills, body aches, headache, extreme tardis, and dry cough are more common and intense. Some people who have been infected with the influenza virus also have reported diarrhea and vomiting. If you think you have the flu, it is important to stay home and rest. This allows for quicker recovery time and limits the spread of flu to others, including classmates and coworkers. Antiviral medications are recommended as early as possible for people at higher risk for flu complications who develop flu symptoms, including those with underlying medical conditions like asthma and diabetes. Most people who are otherwise healthy and get the flu do not need to be treated with antiviral drugs. Seek medical attention for the flu if you have a chronic health condition, such as asthma or a heart disease, or are pregnant, have a fever of 101 degrees Fahrenheit or higher for more than three days. Seek emergency medical attention if you have chest pain or shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, other than nasal congestion, severe abdominal pain, dizziness or confusion, severe headache or an inability to keep down liquids. Students can walk into the CSU Health Network Immunizations Department located on the second floor of the CSU Health and Medical Center during normal operating hours and no appointment is necessary. Information will be posted on the CSU Health Network website when flu shots are no longer available at this location. Flu shots are also available at several other locations, including local pharmacies and medical clinics. The flu shot is a covered benefit, meaning there is no additional out-of-pocket cost under most, most health insurance plans, including the CSU-sponsored student health insurance plan. Contact your insurance company in advance if you have questions about the cost. And we just thought that was important to add since flu season is quickly approaching and a lot of students at CSU's campus who I've talked to have personally not taken the initiative to get their flu shot and (laughs) no I'm definitely not talking about you Max. You're talking about me. No uh, just almost everyone I've talked to have said they just didn't want to 
go out of their way to get their flu shot, which is fine. However, there are some students who are not able to get their flu shot and they are compromised due to um, the lack of crowd. Uh, darn it, I forgot what it's called. But Herd immunity, is yeah, that what you're saying? Immunity. Yeah, herd immunity, yeah. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because there are some students who just are not able to get it at all due to health reasons, as I explained earlier. So it is really important that every student who's able um, to get it gets it because once again like i explained earlier it is free under most health insurances and they are still available so and a lot of um grocery stores that have pharmacies also do them for either cheap or free so good don't to get know. it if you're sick though that's why i'm waiting do not for. get it when you're sick do not get it when you're sick all righty not safe and here is our last story and this is a little bit darker however a cold case um that happened in larimer county reopened and a woman has been arrested in the baby faith case authorities in larimer county have announced an arrest in the 1996 cold case of baby faith baby faith was an unsolved case where the body of an unidentified infant was found in a garbage bag by horsetooth reservoir on august 24 1996. cbs4 reported back in 1996 that two boys found the child in a bag tangled in a tree stump in horsetooth reservoir the coroner said the child was born alive and died of asphyxiation. Jennifer Catalinch, 42, now faces first-degree murder charges, according to the Larimer County Sheriff's Office. Catalinch was arrested on Tuesday morning and is charged with two murder counts, according to court records. According to Sean Chitness with CBS4, the road to charging Catalinch was a long one. Chitness reports investigators reopened the Baby Faith case on, on August 24, 2006. 10 years after the child was found. They hoped advances in DNA, techno DNA technology could produce new leads. Investigators, investigators also hoped that reopening the case on the 10-year anniversary could generate new leads and inform the public. In November 2016, investigators resubmitted evidence containing DNA to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation for updating analysis, and CBI continued to analyze the DNA. After getting the results, investigators identified five individuals with the possibility of being related to baby Faith. They narrowed the search to four individuals who may have informed, may have inf information to advance the investigation. Investigators traveled to Minnesota where three of the individuals lived. After the interviews, all three were excluded from involvement in the case. They traveled to Maryland and met the fourth individual. Based on that interview, investigators determined that Catalinch could have information about the baby Faith case. Investigators met with her on October 18th. After that interview, investigators presented the case to the Larimer County District Attorney's Office. A warrant was issued for her arrest for first-degree and second-degree murder. Catalinch surrendered to the police on Tuesday and was booked into Larimer County Jail. Catalinch posted $25,000 bond and was released. Anyone with information about the Baby Faith case who has not spoken to investigators is asked to call LCSO Investigator Rita Servin at 970-498-5167. Again, that number is 970-498-5167. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ren, uh, for your newscast. That was Campus News. Um, I do not, does not look like we're going to have any time for uh, our final roundtable for the day. But uh, for those who were curious, Childish Gambino uh, finished his final performance ever as Childish Gambino uh, and actually spent the last roughly 20 minutes, uh, at least recording to the reports, of the concert taking selfies with the crowd, which is, uh, for those familiar with Childish Gambino's performance method, uh, very unorthodox as he didn't, didn't uh, allow cell phones at his concerts at all, really. 
Um, and so people are kind of confused and disappointed. But that's what happens when a, a big, well-known artist calls it quits. You know, not everyone's happy about it. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip that one. But that is what happened. We're gonna take it straight to national days because our time is almost at an end, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So uh, without any further ado, uh, do you mind if I actually re- read the first national days? I feel like um, uh, I do. So I'm gonna read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So it's a good. It's good news that we are actually kind of short on time because the national day is actually pretty short. So today is fairly sparse in terms of national holidays because there are only two today. Firstly, today is National Donut Day. The original, the origin of donuts are disputed among historians. Some believe the Dutch brought the sweet treat when they settled in North America and others believe they have South American origins. According to anthropologist Paul R. Mullins, an 1803 volume included donuts in the appendix of American recipes. However, the earliest recorded usage of the term donut is found in a short story in a Boston Times article about fire cakes and donuts, published in 1808. A more commonly cited first written recording of the word in Washington Irving's reference to donuts in 1809 in A History of New York, he described balls of sweetened dough fried in hog's fat. Yum. Yeah, the author called them donuts. Donuts. Today, these nuts of fried dough are called donut holes. Another offer, William Cullen Bryant described donuts fried in lard in his book Picturesque America or The Land We Live In, which was published in 1872. The spelling of donuts is still debated by many Americans. Some think it should be D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T-S. And others argue for a more simple version, D-O-N-U-T-S. I never realized there were two spellings, and now I don't know which one I like better. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, good thing, because <laughs> technically there is no right answer, and both are acceptable spellings of the word. Today is also not the only day that celebrates National Donut Day, and there are actual two National Donuts Day, the other being the first Friday of June. And today is also National Love Your Red Hair Day. This day celebrates redheads around the world and their auburn tresses. Throughout history, redheads have felt outcast and different due to their hair color. But this day encourages redheads to embrace the beauty and uniqueness their hair hue gives them. Natural redheads are rare, being only 2% of the population, which is just about the same percentage as being left-handed. And some famous natural-born redheads include Lucille Ball, Queen Elizabeth I, Ron Howard, David Bowie, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, Rupert Grint, Alan Tudyk, Michael Fassbender, Ewan McGregor, Karen Gillian, Jessica Chastain, Sean White, Kenneth Branagh, Tilda Swinton, Wyona Judd, and Carrot Top. <laughs> Very fun. And most natural-born redheads have brown eyes, followed by green or hazel. Coming at 1% of the world's population, the blue-eyed ginger is the rarest kind. So, it's actually so interesting. One of my best friends as a child was a blue-eyed ginger. Ooh. I only know blue-eyed gingers. I guess, I guess we're just even rarer kinds, huh, Coda? We're friends with blood gingers, which makes us well, they're all just my relatives. even cool. Wait, are you? What color are your eyes? You're a ginger. I I have like these weird hazel eyes. They're yeah, like brown, amber. They brown match brown my hair color. Okay. Very cool. Very good stuff. We got some redheads in the studio. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it looks like, you know, uh, we were going to take a break, but I think we should just send it straight to the weather so we can, uh, we're already a little over time. So that's happening. Oh, it's time for the weather. Oh, I love that song. (laughs) All right, so we're going to take a break from that cold spell last week because things are heating up in Fort Collins. With bright skies and moderate temperatures, 
Fall is holding out a little bit longer. Today was a high of 57 with loads of sun. And tomorrow will look very similar with slightly lower temperatures and maybe a small chance of rain, but like it'll still be nice, y'all. Don't worry, okay? It'll still be nice. <laughs> Moving on to Thursday, the temperature slips slightly to 49 degrees. That's very slightly. It's going to be below 50. If you're my roommate from California, that's going to be unbearably cold. But if you're anyone else, you probably won't notice. Um, you know, if you want to know what the rest of the week's going to look like, you're going to have to tune in to Thursday's show because uh, you know by now that we're not going to tell you that on a Tuesday. <laughs> sad. I know. But uh, speaking of sad things, that is uh, sadly the end of our show. No. And I know. I'm bummed too. But we have a lot of thanks you just get through. And we should really thank Damien Castile for making this music that we use in every show. And uh, always just love and appreciate because it's really good. Like, it's really good music, Damien. So thank you. Yeah, we have to thank Coda Babcock, our amazing reporter, as well as Melissa Terry for coming in for an interview with us. As well as uh, Dixon Lawson, our cool sports dude. And we couldn't do this without the awesome talents we have in the studio, our bosses, our coworkers, everyone who helps with this. So we got to thank Julia Badalis, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Ray in color, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, um, uh, Monty Daniels, just everyone and their parents for having them. <laughs> you know, you did a great job, moms and dads. We got a great, a great staff here. <laughs> I have to thank you, Maximus Hunter, for being an amazing co-host and making every single show a delight. I have to thank you, Ren, because you're an amazing co-host and uh, you're very well-spoken, researched, and red-haired. See, you get some appreciation for your red hair today. Yeah. And of course, we have to thank you, dear listener. You are what keeps us running, what keeps us alive, and we definitely could not do any of this without you. Not at all. We love that you text in. We love that, uh, you know, people are excited about the show and excited to be coming on the show and just what we're doing. So uh, we're happy to keep it up for you guys. Thank you so much. And with that, we'll we'll see see you next time.